is Maureen Milliken. And this is Rebecca Milliken. And this is Groovy Tube. The Brides of the Brady, of the Brady Bunch. Bunch. This is episode 24. For us, yes. The episode we're going to be covering is season five, episode 13, Miss Popularity. Another Jan-based one. And there there were two Jan episodes in season five. This one and the one where she had no talent for anything. And they have a lot of similarities. And this also has a lot of similarities to several other. And I was looking up because I thought I read it somewhere where Lloyd Schwartz talked about how the scripts were written. The purported writer of the script is named Martin Ragland. But I couldn't find the specific thing in Lloyd's book or anywhere else. But he implies throughout his book that, you know, he had a lot of input in the scripts and what (laughs) they were. And I'll talk about it more after we're done. But he doesn't make any secret. Maybe he thinks he does, but about his antipathy towards Eve Plum. And I feel like this is another episode that makes Jan look idiotic and ridiculous. Yes, it does. Okay, we open up with a view of the Brady house that we all know so well. The first scene is in the kitchen. Alice, she's picking up plates and she's like sliding whatever's on the plate onto other plates. And they look kind of like pancakes, but we'll find out later what that is. No, it looked um, like little pieces of something to me, like bacon or something. Oh, to me, it looked like something flat. She's sliding from one plate to the other and stacking them. It's just a kind of a weird scene. I don't know. It was kind of... Well, I think the odd. whole scene is set up so that she can take a piece off and one eat of the it. plates and eat it. Because that's what Alice does. She has to eat the leftovers. Right. They don't feed the her. crumbs. She doesn't get a food budget. Jan runs in. And she's super manic, you can tell, yes. from the second she runs in. Alice won't believe her news. But Alice already knows that Jan was nominated for the most popular girl in her class. And I thought, really? And I don't remember this episode too much. I kind of remember parts of it. But is that a thing? Like, aren't you just popular? And And we can talk talk more about Right, at the end. But my first impression is, is this some kind of joke? Like in Carrie, the movie, the Stephen King novel, dump pig's blood on we have discussed the fact that middle-aged male writers are writing this show and have no fucking clue what goes on in schools apparently and think that this would be a thing and we can talk about it later because we have a lot of things to say right and also too but it's like i say too it's just the usual kind of bad writing where they're like okay we just need something so let's make it this and that's to be fair when i was 10 i probably didn't really think well much. i don't really remember much about this episode but i'm sure some of the things that bothered me oh yeah bother me now bother yes. me then including that fact anyway pete has already told alice apparently he had milk and bologna as an after-school snack so the stuff on the plate was slices of bologna i guess she didn't have any cookies so she just gave him bologna slices then alice eats the leftover crumbs as jan runs out as viewers we know now we are going to go through a tedious several minutes. Yes, we do. Chance, uh, she runs through the living room, starts up the stairs. Bobby comes from the top of the stairs and slides down the banister. And he already knows her news, too. At least Marsha will be surprised, Jan says. We go in the girls' room and Marsha and Cindy are in there. And Cindy 
is wearing a new hairstyle. Her hair is down. Yep. No more. I think she's worn it that way in season five a couple of times, but I noticed it looks very nice. It's still got curls, kind of. They already know too. So poor Jan. Her thunder's been stolen. Mm -hmm. Jan says it'll be hard to win with a girl like Kathy Williamson in the contest. Mm. She has the three B's. Beautiful, brainy, and built. So I guess part of this contest is that you have to be well-developed or have big boobs or something. Of course you gotta have boobs. That's what's important. I guess that does make you popular. Unless your boobs come from being fat like me. Although for some people that doesn't matter. Big boobs are big boobs. Mm -hmm. Marcia says, that's not everything. And Cindy says, at my age, it's nothing. (laughs) Marcia says, just get out there and campaign. Jan says she's not worried. She's terrified. Mm. And now we're in Mike and Carol's bedroom. Carol is sitting at a desk writing. Mike comes in from behind and kisses her on the head. And she says, sir, may I remind you that I'm a happily married woman and a mother. And Mike grabs her and says, this is how you get that way. Which is kind of weird. Does he mean? And I'm I like, don't know. I think mother. I was saying mother. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming he always yeah. wants to have sex. Well, He's actually, to compensate they, for his before the season, they talked about and actually put it out there as publicity that Carol was going to get pregnant Ooh. because the kids are getting older, and we know how later in season five they resolve that to everybody's unhappiness, but. Yes. They were originally, they even had, Lloyd Schwartz said they even had a script for ah. that episode, but it, I guess it didn't The old trope. Mm. Stuff's boring. Get the lady pregnant, like mm-hmm. Murphy Brown. Mike has great news, but Carol says first she has to tell him about Jan's news. Wow. Yeah. Because he really gives a shit. Right. Mike already knows, and he seems to not give a shit about Right. Jan's He's news. very like, He's just like yeah, dismissive. He tells Carol they'll finally be going on the long weekend that they had planned mm-hmm. on the 8th. And so, you know, when they mention the date, Anytime exactly. they mention the dates. You know, right now, they are not going to be going on any Carol long. says, it'll be like a second honeymoon. And I'm like, so are they going to bring all the kids? Because that's what they did on their first honeymoon. I know. Ugh. Now we're in the family room. Jan is writing notes while Cindy and Marsha advise her. They're all sitting at that table. She needs lots of posters and handbills. Jan says she'll need a lot of help because the election is next week, but she'll do anything for them. She says she'd even take Cindy's place at the dentist if she could. Marcia says you need a campaign manager, and they talk about that. And then Jan says Peter would be a good campaign manager. He goes to the same school. He'd be great. And Marcia's like, yeah, if he'll do it. And Jan's like, of course he'll do it. Blood is thicker than water. I mean, I hate to, I know they're brother and sister now. I thought the same thing. They do not have the same blood. Then we switch quickly to the boys' room where Peter is saying an emphatic, no way. And Jan's there, you know, obviously asking him to be her campaign manager. And she's like, why not? And Peter says, the personal reasons. And Bobby's on the bed reading a magazine, and he says, yeah, and her name is Kathy Williams. (laughs) (laughs) I like Bobby because of his wisecracks. Yeah. And Chan's like, what about her? And Peter says, Kathy asked him to manage her campaign, which I think is kind of a 
Well, also, move on Kathy's well, part. maybe you can't blame Kathy for being a good politician, but you really think it would be idiotic of Peter to have said yes? Doesn't he think that would fuck things up at home? Didn't he watch the episode with the yeah. cheerleading? He Didn't doesn't he remember wa- that. Their brains are like um, sieves. Or they're like, no, they're, I was going to say they're like chalkboards that they just erase. Mm-hmm. Or like in that movie Memento where he has no short-term memory. Right. Yeah, so Jan's like, what the fuck? And Jan's like, I don't have a chance without a good campaign manager. And Peter's like, well, and she's like, I'll do anything. Name your price. And he says, I can't be bought. She's like, well, what about blood is thicker than water? And he's like, he's like, you're my sister. She's a girl. Bobby says, I'll do it. Jan says, well, she could use Bobby's help, but the campaign manager has to go to the same school. And Peter says, well, you said you'd do anything. I could use a loan. And she says, sure. She doesn't even know what, how much it is or anything. And she agrees to loan Bobby money too. And then she leaves the room. And we know from her desperate offers that yes. this is going to be a problem. It's not going to end well. And we've seen similar situations over the past few years and other episodes. Yes, we have. Yeah, this is definitely a recycled plot. After she leaves, Bobby and Peter smile and shake hands. In the kitchen, Greg comes home from school. He asks Alice if he got a phone call from Richie. It's kind of important. Yeah, he's probably buying some pot or something. Mm-hmm. Alice says no, but he would have been better off sending a telegram, and she gestures towards the living room. Jan is on the phone in the living room. Alice says her three minutes were up <laughs> two hours ago. So they must have, have when we were kids. Right, because right, I because I figured they must have a three minute limit. And we had a five-minute limit, and yes. particularly Nikki, if you were on the phone for more <laughs> than five was, minutes. I just remember Billy doing it. And it didn't matter even if they wanted to make a phone call. They <laughs> just start yelling, five-minute limit, five-minute limit. Um, Greg charges into the living room, and Alice smirks. She's so glad she has caused some drama because she's bored. Jan is making promises to somebody on the phone that she'll babysit anytime. Whatever you need, I'll do it for you. And I'm like, "Mm -mm -mm, Jan, you are setting yourself up for a fall. She is. Greg wants to make a call, but Jan won't give up the phone. Greg reminds her that he has friends with siblings in her school. They can be persuaded to vote for her. She gives him the phone and says she'll do anything for him. And I know we're going to talk about this at the end, but this starts really begging the question about how is it most popular when you're negotiating for votes? And you're begging people. And begging people. You shouldn't have to beg people to vote for you. Right. Okay, we're in Mike's den. Mike is at work at his drawing table. Carol brings in some packages and shows Mike a bikini she bought. Mm. She's like, oh, this is for our, you know, our weekend at the beach. He says they don't have a room at the beach. The beach is booked solid. So they decide, okay, well, let's just go to the mountains then. As this goes on, they live in fucking California. There's what only two or three places they can go for a long weekend. They can't just say, "Let's go to a cute town. Let's go to Mendocino. Let's go whatever people in California do." I know. There's one fucking beach. I know. One fucking beach in California. I guess so. Fuck. I don't know. I've never been there. Well, I've been. I have, and I can tell you, there's more than one beach. Oh, okay. Carol says they haven't skied in ages, but Mike says, "Who skis on a honeymoon?" Ugh. 
I think that's what he says. Unfortunately, the DVD doesn't have closed captions. He so, does say that. Okay. And Carol is on board with the mountain. Because, like, the idea of having sex all weekend. Right. Yeah, she's like, we haven't skied We're just going to fuck in the room all right. Well, gonna... why not? And in which case, why don't you just rent a hotel room somewhere? Right. California has nice plenty hotel. of hotels. I mean, like, for me, I would just, it would be nice to just be in a luxury hotel. Right. Have room service, watch TV. I like being in hotels. We're back in the kitchen. Jan comes in the kitchen and Alice has made homemade fortune cookies for Jan to pass out at school. The message says, be a smart cookie. Vote for Jan Brady. And Jan hugs Alice. I once, not inspired by this show, I'm sure I didn't remember this. I once attempted to make fortune cookies for some event at work. And... It was incredibly time-consuming, difficult, yes. and they didn't come out right. It's, they're very hard to make. I saw once on British Baking Show, that was one of their challenges, and it was it was not easy. And so no. where did Alice find the time to do this? Plus, Alice up the little things magician. that they for chance. And also, I was thinking that, because it's not like nowadays where you can just print a bunch of those up on the computer I know. and cut them up. Right. She would have had to either write well, them out spoiler she may have used the printing press they have in the garage oh yeah that's true although it was very messy now we're in the girls room marcia has a sign that says vote for jan brady she's like cindy look at my sign and i'm like wow yeah <laughs> it's like first of all cindy's sitting flowers. six inches from her <laughs> she didn't she see what marcia was doing and second of all it's not like the sign is anything <laughs> i know it's like light blue and Special. dark blue letter. It's got two, four flowers on the car. Yeah. She tells Cindy she's going to put it on the back of the cart and drive Jan around, around the neighborhood so she can pass out cookies. Now, this is a continuity issue. Oh. Marcia does not have her license yet. The shows were Illegally. out of order, after, but yes. I don't think the writers were thinking that. But the other thing is, that is a huge waste Yes, time, effort, and cookies because the only people who can vote are the ones in Jan's school. Exactly. So the people in their fucking neighborhood, it's going to be a fucking wasted effort. Yes, I agree. That's not her target audience. Some stupid person walking on the street. Not at all. I also want to point out, once again, that whenever somebody in this family has something going on everybody has to like obsessively get involved in it yes and i can't imagine say beyond the realm of anyone's imagination there was a miss popularity (laughs) at our school and even farther beyond the realm one of us was actually nominated for it (laughs) would any of our siblings give half a shit would anybody have been doing anything except for making fun of the person? I can't even imagine our parents giving a shit about right. it either. Right. Or coming to whatever right. ceremony. No. Cindy is writing an ad to put in the school paper. It's some stupid letter that says how great Jan is. And then she writes, I ought to know I'm her sister. Signed right. anonymous. But and first, is like, yeah. oh, Cindy. Because, yeah, because before that, she asks... Marsha, what is that word for someone who doesn't want people to know who they are? And Marsha's like anonymous. Because even though Cindy is like 12 now, she still apparently has the mentality of the six or seven year old (laughs) that the writers of the show think she is. And on their podcast. Highest IQ of anybody on the cast who's in person. 
but yeah. not about this specifically, but on their podcast, uh, Barry Williams and Chris Knight mentioned that. Is Cindy ever going to start acting like her age? I haven't listened to all their episodes, but they have a couple where they have Susan Olsen on. Yeah. yeah. Sure, she has something to say about it. Now we're in the garage. Bobby and Peter have a printing press set up. And this is the first, like many things on the they show. They borrowed the first... it. Did you mention that they borrowed it? Oh, okay, it? okay. I stand I knew, corrected. I thought you were going to Bob read that. So I was um, Bob reading it. Yeah, I know. I was going to say this is the but, first and last time we will ever see. But they see... said something. We bought okay. this press we borrowed from. Bob Reed probably made them say yes. that. Greg comes in and says they're too messy to read. And Peter says they'll get better as they print more. And Greg says, if not, you have a good smear campaign going. <laughs> and, I like, <laughs> and I like Peter and Bobby's reaction. Yes, which, they which were is just to amused. look at him deadpan as, until he. <laughs> I will say the boys' interactions overall throughout the series are the most natural and to me realistic in a lot of ways because they're they're always like could it be insulting each other? Every single person involved in the production of the show is male. I know, know. and pays more attention to what the boys are doing and how they act. Maybe yes. Now we're at school campus. Peter is handing out flyers, which are boring because they just say vote for Jan Brady. It's like, yeah. And all the kids are taking him. I wouldn't take, I'd be like, yeah, I don't I'd be need like, this. no thanks. No thank you. I don't want, all it says is vote for Jan Brady. What am I going to do with this? Jan is under a tree giving out fortune cookies. And she says, if anyone needs a favor, just ask. Some kid yells, you really mean that, Jan? Of course I do, Ruben. No, I swear she called him Ruben. But then later his name is Herman. So I thought she said Herman, but maybe I'm just oh, maybe misremembering. And her craziness is like I'm full yes. display. She's very manic. He manic is. as hell. Yeah. Herman is funking. So I'll call him Herman since you heard Herman. I heard he is Herman. And, and also it says in the he credits says, he's Herman. Oh, they called him Herman Brady later. Media. So yeah. he's flunking algebra. Jan volunteers Greg's help. Then Shirley comes up and asks Jan if Jan can babysit her brother. Of course I can, Jan says. Peter comes up and asks Jan how it's going. She says, good, but it takes a lot of promises to win an election. Peter said, who did you promise stuff to? And Jan says, everyone. And Peter's just kind of like, oh, okay. Now we're in the kitchen. Alice and Carol are chopping vegetables, as they often do. Alice says, the weekend in the mountains sounds heavenly. Yeah, poor Alice. She's got to mm-hmm. live vicariously. She never gets to go anywhere. Can you please tell me all about the sex you have with Mike so I can <laughs> I get <know>. you? <laughs> Alice says, it'll be good for them to get away on their own. Right, and so Carol... it's not going to be their honeymoon all over again because they brought all six kids, yes. I'm just saying. Carol says, it'll be weird without the kids. Raising a family has become a habit. Alice says, it's a habit she'd like to talk Sam into. And I'm like, Alice, I think that ship has sailed. I guess you could adopt a kid. She's only 43 or 44. Yeah. And I believe that's younger than you were when you had your child. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Come on. Sam has made it pretty clear where he stands. Yeah. Alice. Right. It's like, look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, stay with Sam, but whatever. Peter runs in. He announces Jan. He's like, introducing the most popular girl, whatever. And Jan runs in saying, I won, I won, I actually won. Mm. Jan says all her hard work paid off. And Peter reminds her that she had help. Mm-hmm. In the living room, Greg is on the phone. Jan runs in and yells, Greg! And he hangs up. 
and she tells Greg her news, but he knows already. Mm-hmm. On the phone was Herman wanting algebra help, and Greg is not pleased. No. Jan's like, yeah, I told him that to get his vote. Greg's like, well, I don't have the time to help. And Jan says, he'll find someone else then. And Greg's like, you promised him I would help. And Jan says, it was just a campaign promise. Mm-hmm. And now the election is over. And she totally doesn't give a shit. I see an impeachment. upstairs. And right. Greg looks just looks pensive. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. She's going to get impeached. Greg is Mike Jr. when it comes to this. Case. Yes. Now we're back at school. Jan's walking along. Shirley calls out to her. She says, I need you to babysit my brother tonight. Jan's like, not tonight, some other time. She, she's she's a little condescending. Well, yeah. she's got the total fake, oh, right. not tonight. And she turns away and Shirley grabs her shoulder and says, but you promised. And it's important to me. And Jan's like, no, nah, it sucks to be you, basically. Yeah, she's like, right. oh, well, I can't do it. Sorry, bye. Then Herman approaches Jan and bitches her out mm-hmm. she's like it's not my fault i thought greg would help herman says he wishes he could buy back his vote and so do a lot of other kids and jan's totally unfazed by this i don't no. know why well because she's it's already like she's in fucking denial well she's unfazed because now that she is an office she knows an office is what the most popular <laughs> What are her duties? You can't, as the turn, most popular you can't girl? turn back time and take the votes away. Um, she got what she wanted. Jan comes across Peter, who's sitting on a bench, and he says, A lot of the kids are pissed at her. And Jan's like, Are you kidding? Jan Brady is the most popular girl in class. It's like, Jan, let's get a fucking clue. Well, some people, when they get elected, really her don't craziness understand. craziness is at, at right. throttle. full throttle. She full has throttle. that delusional craze <laughs> that right. she gets. Peter rolls his eyes as she walks away. Now we're back at the Brady house in the boys' room. Peter and Bobby are counting money. Peter says they don't have enough. Jan didn't come through with the loans like she promised. Mike walks by their door and they call him in and ask him for an advance on allowances. They tell Mike they're in a jam because Jan broke her promise to loan them money. Mike says he's sure there's a reason. Mm. And Bobby says, yeah, there's a reason she's a phony. (laughs) (laughs) And Peter says she used them to get elected. Mike says, don't be so hard on her. And then as he walks out, he says he'll see if he can help him out. Yeah, and Bobby also, in an interesting note, asks Mike if they can put Jan up for adoption. And Mike laughs a little ruefully, I think. (laughs) So he's already thought of it. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. We can't do that. She's, you know, part of our family. But the way he does it, the way he laughs almost makes it seem like he's actually thought of it himself, but (laughs) realizes he can't do it. The next scene is Mike in Carol's bedroom. Mike calls to Carol. He goes in there to hang up his jacket in the closet and Carol comes out in a ski outfit. And I noticed that the room is like four times the size. I noticed Like they have this long hallway and they obviously must have an ensuite bathroom. They must have it. They have to have an ensuite. Who knows what else? Their kids can never go in there to use it, even if they have to go around. Really and, bad. And, their, and their kids the have a Jack and Jill bathroom that has no toilet in it. And I'm assuming Alice must have her own bathroom. Or she would have to. Anyways, have to. Mike and Carol are flirting with each other. Mm. She's wearing a ski outfit. But... She has an outfit for every occasion, doesn't she? And she likes to show them off to Mike so he can mm-hmm. paw at her. I think they're into role playing. Yeah. <laughs> the phone, well, she had that black wig. 
That's right. The phone rings and it's the ski lodge for Mike. The lodge was overbooked and they lost their room. Carol is very disappointed. Mike has an idea. They can go somewhere in between the beach and the mountains. And my thing again, I know I may be belaboring this, but it is fucking California. There's not only one beach with one hotel and one mountain with one hotel. I know. I know. I don't know. The possibilities are endless. Yes, they are. It's fucking California. Yes, they are. Well, even in Maine. I know. You just go do something. Come on. Now we're in the family room. Marsha comes in. But Jan is too busy writing her acceptance speech to talk to her much. I mean, Jan's like, I'm too busy. What do you want? And Marsha's like, well, I just want to know who you're going to the dance with after the ceremony. And Jan says, the most popular boy, of course, Billy Garth. By the way, that's one of their little name games because Bill E. Garst is one of the film editors on the show. Oh, they I like to slip those little names. When they, they use, yeah, when they use a specific a name, name like yeah. that, I always wonder. Marcia says, did he ask you? And Jan says, no, but who else would he go with? Which, of course, we know mm-hmm. that Marcia we saying, know. did he ask you? We've seen it before. There's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Jan, don't mm-hmm. assume. No. Marcia's like, okay, I guess. I think Marsha already knows. Yeah. She's glad. Mm -hmm. Then Marsha reminds Jan she needs her washing and ironing done for school tomorrow. Jan's like, no, I'm too busy. Marsha's like, you promised. Marsha looks really pissed. Mm. And Jan said, I made other plans. And Marsha's like, I did too, because you promised you were going to do my washing and ironing. And Jan's like, oh, well. Mm -hmm. And Marsha storms off. She does the angry hair toss. Oh, she does flips her hair. Until she means business. Yeah. And Bobby and Cindy come in and ask, what's wrong with Marsha? And Jan says, she's upset because I won't let her use me. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby and Cindy turn on the TV and start watching. And it's obviously a cop show because there's like this sirens. And Jan just gets up and goes over and turns the TV off and says, do you mind? And Bobby says, are you looking for a broken arm? (laughs) (laughs) Jan says she's working on an important speech. Cindy says you were supposed to help with my book report. And Jan says there's just not enough time. And Bobby says instead of most popular, they should have voted her most obnoxious. That huge giant house. And that's the only place she can sit and write her speech. It's the most inefficiently laid out house in the world. It's got a huge living room that no one hardly ever uses. Mike and Carol have a bedroom the size of my house. I know. The kids are all crammed in these little bedrooms. And the only place Jan can write her I know, I was thinking that too. She can't go in the living room, look at the table. Right. And even in the kitchen at the table. Jan says she won't get any work done in here. And she takes her stuff and leaves. We're in Mike's den now. Mm-hmm. Carol comes in wearing a cowboy outfit. Mike says, You can ride my range anytime. Oh, like, whoa. <laughs> the sexual innuendo. Mike is very frisky in this one. Yeah. Well, I think the cowgirl outfit really has some work done. And, and Jewel came in when I was watching that. And she, yeah. She's like, What's that? That's creepy. Yeah. She's right. Mike says, He's going to wear cowboy boots. And Carol says, You better wear something else or you'll get arrested. That sounds like kind of <laughs> the kind of joke I'd make. And Mike says, not to mention sunburn. Mm. Um, so they're going to a dude ranch. Yeah. Ugh. Mike says the reservations are confirmed. 
And then they start making out. Right. Jan comes in. I think it'd be kind of fun to go to a dude ranch. If I didn't have to do any work, I wouldn't mind riding a horse and then drinking and stuff. And eating the food because I bet there's a lot of meat, like steaks and potatoes, that kind of food. Jan wants to read them her speech. Mike reluctantly <laughs> says he'll he he not interested. So in the speech, Chan's basically just talking about how great she is. And I know we're going to talk about it later, but so now you have to make an acceptance speech I for guess so. most popular? I, I, I don't know. Mike and Carol say to Jan that she should be more humble and grateful. But why, Jan says? It's all true. That's why they elected me. And Mike tells her, you're missing the point of the contest and i'm like so what is the point what is the point and how is she missing it i know it's not for most humble it's not for a girl with most humility i know it's popular so what is the fucking point i think chad actually is accurate like this so if you're gonna have a miss popular contest i know you're (laughs) the most popular girl Mike's like, I wouldn't give that speech, but you're old enough to make up your mind. I think he just wants to get rid of her because he wants to. Right. He wants to make out with Carol. And Jan says she guesses she doesn't need to finish reading it to them because the rest of the speech is like that. So she asks them if they'll be at the ceremony and they say yes, but they do not like her speech. Oh, and by the way, she says they change the ceremony to Friday the 8th. And we saw this coming. And Mike and Carol are pissed. Not only do they have to watch their daughter say this stupid speech because they raised her to be an idiot but now they're not even gonna be having their sex weekend and in what world can't you say oh that's too bad because that's the weekend we're going away i know we'll be at your next thing also i wanted to know who the fuck is gonna go to that ceremony the only people that are gonna want to see their kid crown the most popular are the parents of that kid Now we're in the girls' room. Jan asks Marsha her opinion on a dress for the ceremony. Marsha says it depends on what creeps are wearing this season. Mm. (laughs) Peter comes in and says, Jan's not a creep. She's a super creep. (laughs) And Peter says Kathy Williams was going to go to the dance with him, but now she doesn't want to be seen with the brother of the most unpopular girl in school. Mm. So she's going with Billy Garst. Mm. Marcia says to Jan, I thought you were going with Billy Garst. And Jan says, the most popular girl and boy always go together. It's a tradition. Marcia says, you just gave new meaning to the word popular. Marsha's loving this, yeah, by the way. Yeah, she is enjoying she it. she knows that she didn't need any election no. to be the most popular girl in school. No. Marsha was always the most yes. popular. Jan says she thought winning would be the greatest, but everyone has changed. I must be a Joe Walsh song. Mm-hmm. Everybody's Life so is different. Good. Yeah. I haven't changed. It's time to handle this fortune and fame. Now we're in Mike and Carol's room, and Mike tells Jan, maybe you've changed. Mm. Jan says, she's the same. Carol says, the siblings don't think so. They think it's all gone to her head. Mm. And Mike says, you broke all your promises. Mm-hmm. I think Mike oh, is explained this quite yes. a bit. Jan says, her intentions were good. And I'm like, really? What? Yeah. Were they? What? To get what elected? Intentions? You didn't have to make any promises to... she wasn't going to keep? Yeah. You knew you weren't oh. going to keep. Mike says, good intentions are not enough. 
And Jan says she feels as popular as the measles. And Mike admonishes her that a Brady always keeps her promises. Ooh. So that's yet another Brady truism hmm. that Mike is, has to pound into his kids. Carol says, what are you going to do? And Jan says, well, I'm not going to go to senior night and face all that hostility. So now it's senior night. So it's and not how just is... a ceremony for popularity it's apparently maybe a ceremony for a bunch of superlatives superlatives. but first of all how is she a senior because even if this is her final year at junior high which is not because peter's older than her and he's at the same school you don't call it a senior in junior high i'm confused i don't know so i think it's another thing the writers just bad writing they don't they don't know how high school work i don't think they do she leaves the room and mike is really pissed yeah their weekend is ruined they canceled their trip to the dude ranch to go to the ceremony and now jan's not even going to be there right it's like i would have been like let's the, go somewhere the, fuck right her. that's what i'd be now we're at the dinner table and everyone is eating but no one is talking to each other totally unrealistic what would have been better and I think they did this before with a Peter similar plot. Oh, everybody's, everybody's talking, talking to, to each, each other. other and that person's being ostracized Ignoring. because yes. they're very good at ostracizing. Alice comes in to offer dessert, but no one wants any. And when yes. Alice asks about dessert, she's like, low kale, high kale, or whatever. No, no kale. kale. High kale, low kale, or no kale. And I'm right. like, what's no kale? Ugh. The water. They all get up to leave. And Jan asks everyone to stay. She wants to tell them something. She says she's going to go to the senior night and give a speech. And Carol says, you know how we feel about that speech. And I'm like, what are they, her overlords? (laughs) They're all... Didn't they tell her she's going to do something that we all don't agree with? We already warned you. Jan says it's a different speech and she wants everyone to hear her speech. She says she's grateful and intends to fulfill all her campaign promises. Everyone claps. Peter asks Jan to be his date at the dance and they have a weird semi-hug. Mike clinks his knife to his glass to make a speech. He says he's proud of Jan, and he and Carol are going on a weekend trip, and they're going to fuck all weekend. Yep. Then they all decide to eat dessert, so that yeah. makes Alice happy. They I all want Alice the high cow. Me, except for I would be like 500 pounds of yeah. Alice. Now the tag, it's morning, and Mike and Carol are in bed. There's a knock on the door. It's Alice. She has breakfast and a tray for them. They say, what's the occasion? And Alice says, since they had to stay home, she wanted to do something special for them. And she has a do not disturb sign for their door. And Carol says, what will the children think? And Alice says, who do you think made the sign? Right. To which I say, gross. You know. Ew. And I thought they were going away. Didn't they say they were going away? Yes. So I guess this is their... I wouldn't stay there. Although they do have a giant large room. So before we talk about the whole idiocy of the most popular, (laughs) I know it's a theme that I've discussed before. I just want to stress how the Schwartzes in their book, Brady, 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 which like the first quarter of it is Sherwood Schwartz and then Lloyd Schwartz is the rest. And we've read from it countless times and Lloyd is basically the hero of his own life. I've discussed before how I feel that there's a hostility toward Eve Plum. I think the scripts reflect it. Sherwood, in his part of the book, said when he's casting the kids and when they cast the kids, with all the kids, we just took who they were and that became their characters. 
And to some extent, you can see that, except for Cindy, which yeah, I totally I can see, disagree Yes, with. I can see it with Greg. Yeah, the boys I think it's especially. more with the boys than yeah. the girls. I think that they didn't see the girls as yeah. people. And I think Lloyd's antipathy also comes from Eve's mother. He says that the parents were on set. But yeah. it was mostly mothers because the fathers worked. He seemed to really dislike Eve's mother. Mm -hmm. But the only example he gives of why he would is she had to brush Eve's she hair. She always was brushing her hair, yeah. Which is like, yeah, so what? She had beautiful <laughs> hair. He says, this is Lloyd Schwartz. Now, Eve Plum is closest to the character she played on the show. Hmm. Doting parents were forever intimating that she was more special hmm. than the others. Eve arrived with a standoffish attitude that led to many of the storylines that had Jan not wanting to be part of the group. Even today, she resists being thought of as one of the Brady Bunch. I like Eve, which isn't uh -huh. true. But in my opinion, at least, sometimes she makes things more difficult for herself than they have to be. Now, I want to dispute that. First of all, in Barry Williams' book, he has nothing but kind things to say about her and what a wonderful person she is. I don't think that the plots, with the exception of the one where she wanted to be an only child, make her be apart from the group. I think the plots make her look crazy and yeah. humiliate her. They make her look desperate, too. Severe insecurity and wanting to fit in, but yeah. they don't make her look standoffish. Right. It's almost and I, the opposite. And I think Lloyd's clueless about how he played, obviously, a big role in the storylines and how the scripts were written and everything that happened. And I think that... It just feels like knowing all this and going into the shows the way we have that a lot more attention went into the boys' plots than the girls. It's interesting. In one of the other books I have, the Brady Bunch book, it has each season how many plot lines there were for the kids. And the thing was, it was supposed to alternate. So every six weeks, a kid had their own plot. But that's not how it worked out. And in the season five, Greg had four plots. Bobby had four plots. Eve Plum had two plots. I think the other kids had two or three, but you can kind of tell by now that Barry Williams and Mike Lickenland were the favorites. And that comes directly from the people who are determining what yeah. the scripts are. Maybe they had, because like we're saying, they're men. They had more stories in their own, you know, they based it on their own lives. They had more things that they could think of. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if they had some women writers, there's a list better in, girl stories instead of stupid ones. There's a list in one of the books of all the writers of the show, and there were dozens over the years. And, and there were four or five of them were women. Yeah. And those were some of the better scripts, actually. Yes, like Johnny Bravo so. was one. Yes. Lloyd talks frequently, and you see in her like old interviews with him where, oh, a lot of these were drawn for my own life. And he's a guy. Yeah. And so stuff having to do with girls, unless you're screwing them or trying to, there's just nothing interesting about yeah. them. But we were going to talk about the whole concept of the mispopularity. I just, yes, I think it's stupid. First of all, I don't even think back then that any school would have a contest like that. But especially, I can't imagine it now where the all inclusiveness no. and, and wanting kids to feel comfortable. And you would never have that. Right. But even back then. Like, I'm sure that with superlatives. Yes. 
I, um, I don't remember any I don't being think, most popular. No, and I didn't get out my high school yearbook to look. No. But you didn't have a big election where you no. campaigned for no. it. I remember no. us filling out ballots. You just filled out a ballot, yeah. Sticking them it in was, a box. Yeah. And the whole thing, too, hurts my brain because if you're... You're you, you shouldn't have to campaign know. to be most popular. Like the whole, it is People. the classic definition of begging the question, which yes. is often used wrong. But in this case, it's if you're most popular, why do you have to campaign Less. to be most popular? Exactly. You either right. are or you're not. It didn't happen much. in Well, even in grade school, yeah, there were some girls that were, they were the most popular. Yeah. They just were. Yeah, I, just there's knew. no, ex yeah. why is that person most I don't know. I don't know why. They, they just, just are. It's kind of a thing that ha it's organic yeah. in high school. There's certain people. I mean, they, you could say, oh, well, they're a cheerleader. Oh, they're this or that. But still, there's something about right. them that makes them. And it's it's just lazy, not even bad, but just lazy writing. They could have had an election for something else. Just student council or something. So, right, student council, student president. Although um, Marsha had that when she, she ran against You know, most school spirit, even, if you're going to make it a contest for something stupid. I really think that there was maybe even an unconscious effort to do things that would make force Eve Plum to play, uh, you know, to, for Jan to be humiliated. The only one I can think of, and I'd like to see who wrote that one, was the one where her and Marsha got the ice cream job. Jobs. That was good. When Jan was a better worker and got the job, you know, when he had to pick one of them. Yeah, that was Marsha Gets Creamed, and it was actually written by two men, hmm. Ben Gershom and Bill Friedman. But that was a rare case where Jan got to be normal and actually not was, be the loser. Right. Maybe Lloyd was on vacation that week. Or uh, well, maybe those two writers didn't write as much as some of the other people. Yeah. yeah. One of the most prolific writers, and it's an episode we're going to be talking about a couple from now, was Al Schwartz. And he was actually Sherwood's older brother. Hmm. Sherwood Schwartz's older brother. And I know I read... I thought it was in Lloyd's book, but I looked and looked and looked and couldn't find it where he talked more about the script writing process. But even though there's like writers' names on these shows, I remember reading from Lloyd, the ideas came from them. Yes. And I'm not sure how that whole process worked back then with the show. And if I can find out, we'll talk about it on a later episode. I feel like I could have, like back then, a show like The Brady Bunch. I think I could have written some good shows. You could have, but you have to know all the technical stuff about how to yeah, write a you script. Do. You know, I know this has nothing to do with it, but I just read something about, I can't remember where I read it, but that movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure, whoever wrote that, now I can't remember who wrote it, but they didn't know how to write a screenplay. There was some book that was like a tutorial on right. how to write a like screenplay. <laughs> yes, and they wrote it based on that book and it was like how many acts 30 minutes each and it comes out to me that and it, uh, oh, somebody said that. it's used in film school is a perfect example of a screen <laughs> that's funny well maybe but, people you know, who know how don't pay attention to the rules you and i can write a screenplay we can. i don't know about what but yeah whatever. one of my books okay you don't seem very enthusiastic. Yeah, but I'm I'll do it. Okay, anyways, so anyways. We have to move on. So yes. that's it for now. And next time we'll be talking about Kelly's Kids. Yes, which is episode 14. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Say stay groovy. Oh, stay groovy. This is